right, all right, all right, all right. Day 58. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so we're in the midst of uh, one of the uh, most difficult, I think, books in the Old Testament and one of the most profound books at the same time in the Old Testament that must be uh, read and understood with carefulness and and clarity. And so, uh, yeah, we're in the thick of Job. And so Job 13, we're in one of the middle of Job's longest speeches. Remember, Job and his friends are going back and forth um, in dialogue about wisdom and about theodicy, which is the um, trying to justify God's character in the midst of the experience of evil. And and so you have this uh, wisdom literature that is in scripture that defies and breaks, that breaks all the rules and defies all the categories. And so picking up where we left off, Job's friends haven't been the most helpful, right? And as we've been reiterating over and over Again, when folks are suffering, our best tool, hear this, is not just truth, but wisely timed truth, right? And Job is essentially letting them know that. And one of the things that you'll realize as you see Job's friends talk to him and how Job responds is that when you are quick to speak, you leave yourself vulnerable to the threat of mis diagnosis right like when you're quick to 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 speak into people's suffering you you run the risk of misdiagnosing them right and one of the things we like to do is when we talk we feel like we can control the situation right and so what what job's friends need to realize is they need to actually take a step back and get more clarity before they start speaking. Now, this is easier said than done. I've been guilty of some of the same things they've done. And so we need to have a great deal of grace, but it's still at the same time, learn from them. And this is why I hear this in verse, uh, I mean, excuse me, in chapter 13, this is why Job desires, hear this, to present his case before God, right? He's, he's, he's done enough of presenting his case before men, right? And he, in this, essentially in the middle of the chapter, chapter, he's going to ask six rhetorical questions. He's going to say, hey, would you would you testify unjustly on God's behalf or speak deceitfully for him? Would you show partiality to him or argue the case in his defense? Would it go well if he examined you? Could you deceive him as you would deceive a man? Surely he will rebuke you if you secretly show partiality. Would God's majesty not terrify you? Would this dread not fall on you? What he does here. So essentially, first, he he wants to present his case before God. But then what he does here in these in these uh, six questions is he shows the fallacy of in their thinking, right? Essentially telling them, yo, in other words, you guys hear this, you guys are mishandling and deceitfully using God's truths in trying to defend him, (laughs) right? Like you are trying to defend God and misusing and mishandling truths about God, right? There's a word in there. (laughs) And he's saying like, if God called you guys to account for your treatment of me, you would learn something about how great, majestic, mysterious, right, and infinite God actually is. And again, affirmation, heavy with affirmation, light with advice, right? Like that's what his friends need to get. Heavy with affirmation, light with advice. And in 14, one of the things that are gonna pop, this is gonna pop off the page in chapter 14 as Job goes on and on, 
and he's going to talk about death, right? And the afterlife. And, you know, most Christians today that are suffering look forward, right, to heaven, the resurrection, and the afterlife. And this is so good. The resurrection is so good and so glorious that it makes any and all suffering seem worthless and incomparable, right? And Paul will even use this language. This is actually biblical, right? Like the sufferings of this present time are not worth the glory that is going to be revealed to us, right? The our, our momentary light, of, light, our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, right? Like he he goes on and on and says says these types these types of things. Um, but what Job is going to do here is he's going to talk about death in a different way, right? If only you would hide me in Sheol and conceal and conceal me until your anger passes. If only you would appoint a time for me and then remember. Remember me when a person dies hear this will he come back to life if so i will wait all the days of my struggle until my relief comes you will call and i would answer you would long you would long for the work of your hands right for then you would count my steps so it would not take note of my sin my, my rebellion would be sealed up in a bag and you would cover over my iniquity right and so he goes on and on to talk about death he'll even say that you destroy a man's hope in verse 19 but you have to think about how miserable it would be to have no hope post this life right like unfathomable right like if like if this was all there was right it would literally be absurd to keep living and i think and this is i don't want to get on a rabbit hole too much but many of um you know philosophers throughout history who uh, uh dealt with some of the deepest existential questions of life who didn't believe in god who didn't believe in afterlife came to this exact conclusion they're like no no, no like nihilism like like everything is meaningless uh there's no hope and nothing means anything and it is utterly hopeless, right? But, hear this, but a robust theology of the resurrection is exactly what is needed for us in these moments, right? And Job needs to know that the resurrection of Jesus is God vindicating the righteous. Now, Job didn't have as much Bible as we have, right? He didn't have as much revelation as we have now on the backside of the death, burial, resurrection, the climax of history in the personal work of Jesus Christ. So, for us, though, as we read this and as we go through our own struggles and suffering, we have to remember that because we are united to Jesus by faith, we are now righteous. And guess what? At the resurrection, we will be vindicated as righteous, proven as righteous. You know what? That's that. like, I don't know if um, you guys know this, but that's what happened with Jesus. <laughs> like he died. He obeyed God. Go read Philippians 2. He obeyed God perfectly, even to the point of death on the cross. And the, and the text will say this for this reason. For the reason he, because he obeyed God, because he actually was righteous, what did God do? He raised him up and exalted him up so that so that every uh, knee will bow and tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, right? Like, he raised him up, right? So in other words, hear this. The resurrection was Jesus' own reward, and the resurrection is our reward. But it's our re reward in the sense that God proves us to be righteous. And my whole point in bringing all of that up is that Job needs that resurrection perspective and he doesn't have it in this specific instance and sometimes even though we know that the resurrection all that good stuff we don't have it in specific instances as well right and so again we have to remember that this is not our end and that god is going to vindicate us in the end chapter 15 you know, it draws a line in the sand in many ways because um, chapter 15 is the second round of speeches. So there are rounds. There's three rounds. The third round is not uh, as complete as the first two. However, there you see an escalation. What I mean by that? I mean um, that more and more as they go on, the uh, rebukes and um, the indictments against Job will get sharper and sharper and they will be heightened. Right. And so if you pay, pay careful attention, 
Um, Eliphaz comes back around and out the gate. He's not playing. He's, he basically calls Job. Uh, he accuses Job of not fearing God and being foolish. So he'll say, hey, but even you even undermine the fear of God and hinder meditation before him. Verse four, your iniquity teaches you what to say. Your own mouth condemns you, not I, your own lips testify against you. In other words, um, I didn't think you were innocent before all of this, Job. But as of now, the way you've spoken against us and against God, you definitely are condemned, even by your own words. And what's interesting it's interesting because um, the text is so ironic, and um, and, and it comes in the next few verses. Uh, were you were you the first human ever born, or were you brought forth uh, uh, before the hills? Do you listen in on the counsel of God, or have a monopoly on His wisdom? And so He's like, "Yo, Job, like you can't, you're not in the heavenly councils, um, or and you don't have a monopoly on wisdom. God does, right? But it's ironic because as readers, we have perspective. Remember uh, Job chapter one and two? We actually saw the heavenly council and what's actually going on. He didn't either, right? Eliphaz didn't either, either. And um, in a sense, we know like why this is happening. But Eliphaz, hear this, just as he is saying that Job didn't have insight or proximity to listen in on the divine heavenly council, neither does he. Right. And the foolishness of his friends is found in that they are guilty of the very same things that they are accusing Job of. Right. And so um, one of the things that the wisdom literature is going to do over and over is contrast the way of the wise and the way of the foolish. Um, Proverbs does it with uh uh, simple axioms right but job does it in terms of characterization so you see how foolish he is that he is actually guilty of the very thing he is indicting job of job 16 final chapter of this section job just comes out and says it he, he's just blunt he's like bro y'all are terrible y'all are terrible comforters right y'all are wilding right a lot of things y'all are saying are just easy for you to say right and we see, we see here, man, that those that were su to supposedly make things better have actually made things worse, right? And Job, I, I would imagine, I'm using my sanctified imagination here, Job is probably just shaking his head, right? Like, he says, yo, if you were in my place, I could also talk like you. Like, that's easy, right? I could string words together against you and shake my head at you. And in other words, he's like, man, just step into my shoes for a minute. Really understand what I'm saying even if you have no idea of what I am feeling, right? And it's ridiculously easy and doesn't take much effort to just beat people up, once again, with trite truths. I know we keep saying this, but we keep saying this because it's important. Why? Because uh, you are going to be, I, or you probably have been, or you probably are either Job or Job's friends at some point. And without wisdom, man, and suffering, um, it can skew folks' vision of God. And, and and you see that here at the end where Job is saying, hey, his anger, talking of God, tears at me and he harasses me. He gnashes his teeth at me. Hear this. My enemy pierces me with his eyes. And you see that, man, Job now is um, unfortunately, right? His perspective has been so altered um, by his circumstances that now he sees God as his enemy. And what Job needs and what we often need is someone to correct our vision rather than obstruct it. And I think the promise of the gospel is that we have, you know, the 66 books of the Bible, but we also have God's Holy Spirit who helps us to see Jesus as he really is. See God for who he really is. And our prayer today is that he will help us to do that in this very moment. 
Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would help us to see you as you are good, faithful and true. And you prove that in the person and work of your son. We pray that today we would lean on him and we don't have understandings. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.